Recorded live. Thursday, September 28, 2017, and welcome to episode number 116 of the, of the second installment of the WCWS radio network right here on TalkShoot.com. It is the one and the only, once again, NWO Wolfpack. I'm, of course, once again, Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you, and of course, as always here, ladies and gentlemen, as we come together once again, as we always do each and every week, to talk about our favorite subject of all time professional wrestling <clears throat> and of course and of course as, as always here ladies and gentlemen we will have of course our our routine wrestling news and views uh, of course uh, brought to us by our 2017 Hall of Fame news tag team King Ice uh, we, but uh, right now well, at this time uh, the Iceman Jared DiGiorno has not yet arrived so hopefully we'll be having him come on here momentarily <clears throat> I will tell you of course uh we do have, of course, our resident history and birthdays here tonight being brought to us by the human suitcase machine, John Gross. John is the first 2016 WCWS Hall of Famer, and he's also one-third of the broadcast team that brings your WCWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkTube.com. Plus, also this evening here, ladies and gentlemen, we also have, of course, another, another of course, friend of WCWS, uh, Mr. Anita Patel has also joined us. Let's go ahead, before we go any further, let's go ahead and bring John and Emil in and say welcome to episode 116 of NWO Wolfpack. <clears throat> uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, our live video feed for 116 of Wolfpack this evening is will be coming to you from WWS Fan Empire. If you want to check out our, of course, video, uh, log in there and uh, watch, watch and listen to, of course, what uh, takes place here tonight on NWO Wolfpack episode 116. Please feel free to join us there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWS appreciation. And uh, you can listen in and also watch as, of course, as we unfold yet another chapter, of course, in the uh, Wolfpack episode series. And, of course, if you, if you want to join us through, of course, the original method through talkshoe.com, of course, as always, the phone number is one seven two four 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 four. 
7444, call ID 138-521-POUND, and press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have to talk about here this evening, which, of course, like I said, will be, of course, our wrestling news and views and also our history and birthdays. Plus, of course, we have a special announcement that I will, have, I will be making here this evening, in addition to, of course, the, any any other wrestling extras that will be coming your way here this evening. Uh, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, the Iceman, Jared D. has not yet arrived, nor we have not heard from King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith. So we will be going, we will first go ahead and start off this evening with the wrestling history and birthdays here, courtesy of our own human suplex machine, John Gross. And he has a chock full of them here, folks. So let's go ahead and get things rock and rolling here with 116 of Wolfpack as we go ahead and start off with our wrestling history and birthdays. First off, of course, for today, September the 28th. 32 years ago today, which would put it in 1985, AWA presented Super Clash 85 Night of Champions from Kaminsky Park in Chicago. 20,347 fans were in attendance for the co-promoted card presented under the Pro Wrestling USA banner. <clears throat> NWA, WCCW, and All Japan Pro Wrestling were represented on this card. The two top promoters of Pro Wrestling USA, AWA's Vern Gagne and Jim Crockett Jr. of the NWA, disputed the gate receipts. Crockett claimed $288,000, while Gagne claimed only $200,000 itself was made. The $88,000 difference was enough for Crockett to pull his performers out of future AWA events and eventually out of Pro Wrestling USA altogether. And here are some of the matches that took place for Super Clash 85 Night of Champions. Uh, the late Sherry Martell, of course, remember, remember her as Sensational Sherry, defeated Candy Devine <clears throat> excuse me, to win the AWA World Women's Title. Rick Martell and Stan Hansen fought to a double DQ in an AWA World Heavyweight Title match. 24 years ago today, which would put it at 1993, at a WWF Wrestling Challenge taping in Worcester, Massachusetts, Ludwig Borga defeated Tatanka. This is the first loss for Tatanka in a televised match since making his debut in February of 1992. It would also get worse for Tatanka as he was taken out by Yokozuna, <clears throat> uh, taking him out of the Survivor Series pay-per-view. Tatanka's replacement was none other than The Undertaker. Tatanka would be sidelined until early 1994 and was scheduled... <clears throat> and He was actually scheduled... <clears throat> to take on Ludwig Borga at the Royal Rumble, but he never got his revenge on Borga because Ludwig injured his ankle just days before the event, and Ludwig's replacement was Bam Bam Bigelow. 23 years ago today, we put it at 1994, WWF taped the first two episodes of Action Zone from White Plains, New York. In the debut episode, and I believe this particular match is on the uh, Bret Hart DVD called the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. If you get a chance to look at that DVD, it's a great DVD. Bret Hart defeated Owen Hart to retain the WWF title. Per the pre-match stipulation, Owen could not challenge for the title again as long as Bret was the champion. I do believe that Jim Neidhart was in Owen's corner and the British Bulldog was in Bret's corner. If I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> the stipulation ended, however at Survivor Series 1994, when Owen cost Brett the WWF title in a submission match against Bob Backlund. Also at the taping, 
the click squared off as it was Shawn Michaels and Diesel, the reigning tag team champions, taking on the one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon. Michaels and Diesel would retain the WWF tag team titles. 20 years ago today, 1997, in Kawasaki Stadium in Kawasaki, Japan, Atushi Onada defeated Wing Kanemura in a no-ropes barbed wire exploding landmine cage match. On the undercard, Masato Tanaka defeated Mike Awesome to unify the FMW Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling Brass Knuckles and the Independent Heavyweight Championship. And ladies and gentlemen, on our live video feed from Fan Empire tonight, the last kicker, Ed Marie Rickenbach, has now joined us and, of course, a uh, 2016 WWS Hall of Famer and a multiple holder of, of many of our trivia titles from Revolution Reborn. And welcome to number 116 of Wolfpack. <clears throat> Going back to the card here from 1997. Also, both WWF stars Vader and Ken Shamrock both made appearances as Vader defeated Shamrock in an Ultimate Rules match. Vader would avenge his loss from Cold Day in Hill after Shamrock had defeated him in a no-holds-barred match. Nineteen years ago today, 1998, was a big day for the Monday Night Wars. Let's go, of course, John says, let's go to WCW Monday Nitro first. Nitro was held in Rochester, New York, in where a person only time ever match was held between Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart. They fought to no contest in where Hogan had injured Bret's ankle. <clears throat> On Raw from Raw's War from Detroit, Michigan, this is the one where this needs to be discussed. Of course, last night we did this, we did in, in the history and birthdays. Of course, when we talked about it on Revolution last night, we talked about what happened at Breakdown and where Vince McMahon called Stone Cold the WWF title. But the fireworks between Austin and McMahon would continue. Excuse me, just one second here, folks. Vince McMahon attempted to award the WWF title to The Undertaker and Kane. They both single-handedly pinned Austin for the title. As it was revealed that Undertaker triple threat match. So the triple threat match at Breakdown was basically a handicap match. My name is Kane. Kane. And ladies and gentlemen, now coming on the line here is the Iceman J.D. Jared DiGiramo. J.D., of course, is a 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer and also another third of the broadcast team for Raw Radio for seven Monday afternoon right here on the talk show. J.D., welcome to number 116 of Wolfpack. Good to be here. And may I say, however, if you guys have not seen the old show, Will and Grace, however, or if you have seen the show, Will and Grace, however, you definitely owe it to yourself to check it out tonight. I mean, they just premiered their new, uh, after 10 years of being late off the air, however, because of other things and this and that, however, they returned with a, let's just say, a big bang tonight. And it was funny. I mean, it was very good. I mean, I'm hoping it lasts however about, I mean, hopefully give it a good fair shot. But I'll tell you what, though, I mean, there were some funny moments tonight that they'll just have you laughing. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll definitely be, be keeping our eyes open on that. Uh, I have heard a whole lot about a 
resurgence of that show, and I'm glad I'm glad to hear that it may back with that. It was. I mean, I mean, like I said, there were some funny moments, like, but at the end, however, I mean, there was one thing that was, let's just say interesting, however. I'll let you finish up with uh, John's birthdays and dates, and I do have a few items to talk about. In fact, our, tonight, however, we have, to, uh, well, I'll talk about it in the news, however, mind you, in a few minutes. Okay, thank you very much for J.D. And I'll bring in the rest of the news and views in just a couple of moments. I get back to the history of birthdays for today, the 28th. So I said the triple threat match at Breakdown was basically a handicap match, but Undertaker and Kane still continued to break each other's counts. But meanwhile, they also they got the job done against Austin, and Vince stole Austin's custom smoking skull belt. Was the Eagle was the wing the Eagle Wing 1988 World Wrestling Federation Championship belt? The last time the wing belt was shown was six months ago when Austin was awarded. Man, while this was ready to present the Undertaker or as a WWF champion, the camera cut the Stone Cold driving a Zamboni machine into the arena. I'm into this. Flying right by police and security, Austin appeared on the entryway with the Zamboni machine and climbed on the Zamboni machine to get his hands on both Vince, Kane, and the Undertaker. Austin would only get his hands on Vince, but the cops would eventually arrest Austin. As Austin was led away in cuffs, he was not by a long shot. Vince then tried to present the WWF title to Undertaker and Kane, but could not do it as McMahon berated Undertaker and Kane for not helping him against Austin. So Vince punished them by facing each other for the now vacated WWF title Excuse me, at Judgment Day. The last time the WWF championship was vacated was in 1997, when Shawn Michaels was forced to vacate the belt due to his I lost my smile speech. But that wasn't all. He also forced Undertaker and Kane to take on both The Rock, Mankind, and Ken Shamrock in a two-on-three handicap match. Not before announcing that Steve Austin would be the guest referee for the upcoming championship match at Judgment Day. As McMahon called both Undertaker and Kane handicapped, physical, and handicapped, physical, and mental. Undertaker took the mic and warned McMahon, telling him that he would be the one that would be handicapped. As McMahon gave the middle finger to Undertaker and Kane, the Undertaker and Kane went all out by attacking McMahon and injuring his ankle in the process. (laughs) McMahon was taken to the hospital. 17... Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to cross the Brothers of Destruction right there. No, sir. Uh, 17 years ago today, back in the year 2000, at a SmackDown taping in Richmond, Virginia, Triple H and the British Bulldog fought to a new, to a new contest for the WWF title as The Rock was the special referee. And it features the best people's elbow ever. Yes, I've seen this match. This was hilarious. <laughs> Ten years ago in uh, 2007, on SmackDown, just two days after being taped, Vincent Mann announced that Vicky Guerrero as the new general manager after announcing that Teddy Long had a massive heart attack and was in a coma all week long. In Biggie's first act, she stripped Hornswoggle of the Cruiserweight title. I think that's the last time the Cruiserweight title was ever seen, I think. Uh, I'm not mistaken. Also, The Undertaker made his in-ring SmackDown return the first time in four months by defeating Mark Henry in an unforgiven rematch. Uh, eight years ago today, put it at 2009, on, from Albany, New York on Monday Night Raw, the Hell in the Cell was reintroduced to Monday Night Raw, the last time the Hell and Cell came to Raw was in June of 2003. 
The main event, the Hell in a Cell, was rolled after John Cena took on Jericho and Randy Orton in a handicap gauntlet match. As Cena was beaten by Jericho and Randy Orton was the next opponent, <clears throat> and Randy Orton was the next opponent, Cena pointed to the ceiling and the Hell in a Cell was lowered. Cena and Orton then fought on top of the cell. This was also the first time the two wrestlers fought on the cell since May of 2002 at Judgment Day when Triple H wrestled Chris Jericho in a Hell in a Cell match. Cena hit Orton with an AA off the cell, but the cell did not break. Johnson, although he wished that it did, the Hell in a Cell would make an appearance as he was talking about, about one of the histories and birthdays uh, on, on the histories and birthdays earlier this week. Six years ago today, 2011, WWE signed the bashing Bulgarian, uh, uh, Mir- uh, yeah, I can't pronounce his name, uh, uh, Miroslav Barnyashev. That close enough? Yes. Bless you. Okay. Thank you. I, I had a little bit of sniffle there. Thank you, J.D. I, I needed a clean hands. <laughs> yeah. Trained by Gangrel and Rikishi at Nuts Pro Wrestling Academy, he has garnered success in WWE as, and y'all know who I'm talking about, Rusev. He would debut in the WWE after being in NXT in 2013 and joining the WWE as a surprise entrant in the 2014 Royal Rumble and would go on an undefeated tear from April of 2014 to March of 2015. Rusev would gain the U.S. title in his undefeated streak by defeating Sheamus in November of 2014. Rusev was currently on the Raw brand as in July of 2016, but he is now an official part of the, of the SmackDown brand as, of, as, as, as of course, this past, as of this, this past spring, of course. Two years ago today, 2015, uh, WWE suspended Dylan Postal otherwise known as, we just now mentioned his name a minute ago, Hornswoggle, for 30 days after he violated the WWE's wellness policy. Postal had been on WWE programming since March of 2015 when he took time off to deal with a shoulder injury. He would never appear again on WWE programming before finally being released in May of 2016. He had a short uh, piece of... Uh, never mind. <laughs> That's a bad joke. <laughs> Here's to the day... That he signed with the company a week after his release, the former Hornswoggle opened up publicly about his suspension on the Steve Austin Show podcast. That same day, WWE announced that SummerSlam would remain at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, through this year. This comes off the massive success that SummerSlam weekend was the prior month, with not only the event but NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and Monday Night Raw the day before, and after SummerSlam, all playing to sell out crowds. SummerSlam back in 2015 was scheduled to take place at the Izod Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, but the New Jersey Sports and Exposition Authority voted in January 2015 to close the building after the arena posted major losses in 2013 and, of course, the opening of the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Uh, we have a birthday here today, and, um, and John said, if that's okay, we can dig up a little bit of history on this young man, but today is a happy 29th birthday to Jason Jordan. Oh, boy, okay. <laughs> he was born in Tinley Park, Illinois, where he began amateur wrestling at seven years old because he thought it was the same as professional wrestling. In high school, he became a three-sport athlete. Of course, and Neil also wishes happy birthday to Jason Jordan as well. In high school, he became a three-sport athlete competing in wrestling, football, and baseball. 
He was drafted straight out of high school for professional baseball, but passed up the offer in order to go to college and wrestle. He competed in the Big Ten Conference for the Indiana City, for, the Indi- for Indiana University and became a three-time national qualifier for NCAA at the Division I level. While he wrestled at Indiana University, he was ranked at the top 15 in the nation for three years in a row and was ranked as high as second in the nation as, as a heavyweight. He was described as a unique, let's see, as unique and weighting at five pounds while he was at the 285-pound weight class. Amazing. He was undefeated in the regular season with his senior year going 35-0. and zero. That's absolutely it. During his fourth year of wrestling, he worked as a student coach at his university and helped two, time, helped two All-Americans at 197 pounds and a heavyweight. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in biology with minors in chemistry, social science, and medicine. He attended dental school on hold to become, and he put that on hold to become a professional wrestler. He had his face painted onto the wall of a campus, campus's university gymnasium in 2010. On episode of WWE Breaking Ground, he revealed that his brothers were in jail and one of them is, is in there for life. In July 2011, he signed a developmental contract with WWE in where he had, a first, he had his first professional wrestling match at a Florida Championship Wrestling Live event in September where he teamed with Abraham Washington, I, never heard, I haven't heard that name in a long time, in a limited effort to Calvin Reigns and Big E Langston. Hmm. He would win the, the FCW Florida Tag Team titles with C.J. Parker in July 2012, but the championships were, were deactivated. He debuted in NXT and made occasional appearances as a jobber in mid-2014. He also teamed with Ty Dillinger, but they split up. Also in May of 2015, he also and he teamed, of course, with Chad Gable. It became a good team, in John's opinion there. At NXT TakeOver Dallas, they beat the Revival to win the NXT Tag Team titles. 2016, they would lose the belts again to the Revival at NXT TakeOver the end. Of course, they were both traded to SmackDown, and where they won the WWE Tag Team titles in December over the team of Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. They would lose the belts to the Usos. In July of that year, he was announced as Kurt, as Kurt Angle's son, and he was drafted to the Raw brand, officially breaking up American Alpha. He then began, of course, a feud with The Miz. But he held his own with the, with the likes of Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, and even at No Mercy, was close to winning the Intercontinental title. And, all of the, and then and John says, although there may be some fans that may not like him, there is still some potential in Jason Jordan. I would... John, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I, he's got a long road ahead of him anyway. I mean, like they just turned 29 today. He's got plenty of time. I mean, he, he, he's going he's going he's going to make it big. I, I still feel he'll make it big. But I'm sure there might be sometimes he might probably alter a little bit some learning, and I don't know what that those could be. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. And now John says it's time for a hardcore birthday. Ooh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, today is uh, we wish a happy a happy fifty fourth birthday to one of the to the greatest hardcore champion, and I think JD will know who I'm talking about when I say this nickname, the Lethal Weapon, He's Steve fine. Steve Blackman. Yes, sir. Fifty four. My goodness, man. Blackman was a competitive bodybuilder and weightlifter before he entered wrestling in 1986 in Connecticut, training at Tony Altimore's 
Wrestling School. Neil also now wishes a happy 54th birthday to Steve Blackman as well. In Calgary, he worked with Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling. He made his first appearance for the WWF on March 9, 1988 at a house show in Watertown, New York, wrestling Bruno San Martino's son, David. Now, I didn't know that. What's that? Uh, his first, Steve Blackman's first appearance for the WWF was on March 9, 1988 at a house show in Watertown, New York, and he wrestled Bruno San Martino's son, David. Oh, never knew that. I did not know that either. He gained a victory in his first move. He also appeared on the WWF Superstars episode in May, oh, May 8, 1988, where he teamed with Outback Jack and Brady Boone against the Islanders in C.V. Afi. Blackman would wrestle again at the WWF house show in June of 1989, where he defeated Iron Mike Sharp, and he wrestled Boris Zukov in September of 1989. He was considered a full-time contract, but but contracted malaria and dysentery while wrestling in South Africa in 1989 and was essentially bedridden for two years. After beating his two-year bout with malaria, during which he lost much of his muscle mass, he spent another four years in physical therapy to recover his conditioning and incorporated martial arts training, specifically, I'm going to try to pronounce this. I have not seen this word before. S-E-S- E-S-C-R-I-M-A. Screama, that's why I won't pronounce that. And also Taekwondo into his physical therapy. Once in fighting shape, Blackman contacted Brian Pillman and Owen Hart for a new WWF tryout. Blackman made his second WWF debut in November 1997 where he saved Vader from the attack by the Hart Foundation and given a martial arts gimmick, and that's when he was named the Lethal Weapon. His first pay-per-view was at the 1997 Survivor Series, where he teamed up with Vader, Martin Merrill, and Goldust to take on Team Canada. Blackman was the first man to be eliminated when he got counted out of the ring. Team USA sadly would go on to lose to Team Canada when the British Bulldog pinned Vader. His next appearance was at the 1998 Royal Rumble in the 30-man Royal Rumble match. He became the number 10 entry, but was eliminated by Kurgan. He stayed undefeated for close to a year, during this time, he established his trademark entrance involving swinging, glow-in-the-dark, uh, escrima sticks. Yes, the glow-in-the-dark sticks is better than Naomi's glow-in-the-dark entrance, as John says, just saying. So I think he's, uh, John is still adding on a few more things here. Let's go ahead and see what else he has to, he has to say right here. Okay. His first loss finally came at the hands of Jeff Jarrett, thanks to interference from Jarrett's manager at the time, Tennessee Lee. But we also knew him as Colonel Robert Parker in WCW, I do believe. Blackman feuded with the Nation of Domination in early 1998. He got a win with Ken Shamrock and Farouk had unforgiven over the stable in a six-man tag team match where Farouk got the win for his team by beating The Rock. And while John's putting this up here, J.D., I got to mention to you, I don't know if you ever saw this match or not, but this was a match that was from Monday Night Raw, 1997. It was sometime after WrestleMania 13. 
It was The Rock in an intercontinental. It was actually he was known as Rocky Maivia. This is before he, I think, he joined the Nation of Domination. Um, he uh, uh, had the Intercontinental title at the time, and he actually, believe it or not, defended it against Bret Hart. Huh. I don't know if you ever saw that match or not. I did. I think so. I think I remember seeing that. It's been a while since I've seen him. I think. Yeah. I it's, in the, it's in the video vault. If you ever want to look at, it. I posted it in there earlier. I figured my mind once said it's a rare treat that The Rock and Bret Hart would actually wrestle against one another. I, I never knew that until I saw that. Um, he then let's see. Uh, uh, he then teamed. Of course, Black, Blackman then teamed. Then once again teamed with Shamrock, but they would split to pursue pursue singles careers. They, they entered at the 1998 King of the Ring, but wouldn't get to face each other as Blackman lost to Mark Merrow and Shamrock would win the tournament by lastly defeating The Rock in the finals. Blackman also competed in another tournament, the WWF Raw for All, in where he defeated Mark Merrow for revenge. For, of course, for Mero eliminating him in the King of the Rain tournament. But Blackman would withdraw due to an injury allowing Mero to advance by default. This must have been probably when Mark Mero started using the Marvelous gimmick. I think it was. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that, that was the most weirdest one he ever had. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Blackman and Shamrock would turn on each other when Blackman suplexed Shamrock after Shamrock had suplexed him leading the two fighting for the in, in the Intercontinental title tournament, which was won by Shamrock. At WWF Capital Carnage, Blackman was close to winning the Intercontinental title again, but Shamrock retained the Intercontinental title. I think John's still posting a few, a little bit up here. Over Blackman, he turned heel in 1999 by siding with the demands against Ken Shamrock he was the original replacement for Shane McMahon at the 1999 King of the Ring, where Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon were scheduled to take on Steve Austin. In a handicap match, but Shane Shane claimed to be injured from an attack by Ken Shamrock. Shane was caught on GTV by Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels was forced to put Shane back in the match against Austin. That GTV really caught a lot of stuff back in the day. <laughs> oh yes, I remember that. I'm, I remember that. Yes, indeed. Blackman would lose two matches to Shamrock in an Iron Circle match and also in a Lion's Den match as well. Yeah, I remember when they had a version of the Lion's Den on Raw a couple of times. I've never seen that. In the early part of 2000, Blackman teamed up with Al Snow with a tag team unofficially known as Head Cheese. <laughs> as Snow made Blackman wear a cheese head to complement the mannequin head 
that snow always carried to the ring. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Talk about hilarious. Stay with me now. Hilarious. Blackman had a reputation for being very serious and not displaying emotion. So the two put on com. So the two put on comedy duos with Blackman as the straight man. Many of the skits involved Snow's attempts to come up with a gimmick for their team. In one backstage scene, <coughs> Snow proposed that the duo develop a TV show wherein they travel through time and solve mysteries. Another memorable sketch involved Snow scheduling an unsuspecting. <coughs> John's going to do as quick as he can here, folks. Scheduling an unsuspecting Blackman to perform stand-up comedy at a nursing home with disastrous results. I remember that. No, I, I do too. Oh, boy, oh, I remember. I remember a lot of the folks in that nursing home. Uh, kind of was starting to was actually threw a few things at the at the think. <laughs> uh, they had one opportunity to win the WWF tag team titles when they took on the New Age Outlaws, but the match ended with in the no contest when, <clears throat> let's see, um, let's see what else, John, when Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, and Eddie Guerrero, who had all made their debuts, attacked the New Age Outlaws, the, the group actually stood up in the spring of 2000. Causing Blackman and Snow to go on to go on their way. In June of 2000, Blackman captured the Hardcore title over Crash Holly. The 24/7 rule was in effect. Now Crash was facing Al Snow for the Hardcore title in that match, but Steve Blackman came out and attacked Crash. <clears throat> and gained the Hardcore Championship. Blackman would lose the Hardcore title six days before SummerSlam to Shane McMahon. But Blackman would recapture the title at SummerSlam by defeating Shane McMahon in what John calls the infamous summer, one of the infamous SummerSlam moments in history. Steve used a kendo stick to Shane, throwing him off the staging area 50 feet below. Woo-hoo-hoo. I mean, I that, was in, that was in Greensboro. That's right. Because that was hey, the first year they did TLC. Hey, hey, SummerSlam? No, no, no. SummerSlam was never in Greensboro. Yes, they did. 2000. That was when they did the first TLC. I thought it was in Raleigh. I thought it was in Raleigh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, was, it was in North Carolina. It was in Raleigh. That's why I remember one time it was in Raleigh. Right, right, right. Right. Okay. No, no, the Guerrero Rivals in North Carolina, yeah. And that's the only time I remember a SummerSlam being in North Carolina, I think. <clears throat> Blackman would re- retain the hardcore title against numerous competitors. The Road Dog, from X, Road Dog, X-Pop, Tex, Tet, crap, Tess, Albert, Chris Benoit, Taz, Kane, and, and, and a lot of others. Now, Blackman would lose the title in December 2000 to Raven, 
Blackman would also be one of Kane's elimination victims in the, at the 2001 Royal Rumble match. Of course, Kane, I think, eliminated, what, 11 people at that Royal Rumble? I think it was. Yes. What are we on? We all fortune here? Well, it's a notification that I get. If I like it, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah, if you ever played the, app, the game, uh, the app, actually, I would recommend getting the app and play it's a good, It's a good game, by the way. Hmm. Blackman teamed up with Grandmaster Sexay in 2001. The Grandmaster was released from the WWF contract. He formed, also, he had formed a partnership with Trish Stratus as well. Blackman's last TV appearance was at Madison Square Garden on June 25, 2001, when the Acolytes planned to fight against the WCW invasion. That invasion definitely claimed a lot of victims. Blackman would leave the WWF in October, well, WWE in October 2002, as he was undrafted in the first ever draft lottery for Raw or SmackDown. But Blackman made headlines too in 2007 after Chris Benoit's death by getting into a knockdown, dragging out debate with Mark Merrow. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm going to war the words right there over, over this situation. He didn't return to WWE for a single night that same year to take part in a battle royal on the Raw 15th anniversary special until he was eliminated by Flash Funk. Blackman made a one-off return on the YouTube WWE series JBL and Cole Show in 2013. He is now a Oh, get this, J.D., you might like this. He is now a Bales bondsman in the central Pennsylvania area. And, hmm. John, that's all he's got for the history and birthdays here for today. Uh, uh, John, thank you very, very much for providing us with the history and birthdays here. There's a lot of there to talk about. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we do have the Iceman, J.D., Jared Geralmo, of course, bringing us now some uh, wrestling news and views here. J.D., please proceed. Okay, well, the following matches are listed tonight for tonight's Impact Wrestling TV show. LAX will take on OVE for the GFW Tag Titles. Eli Drake will take on Johnny Impact for the GFW Championship. And Rosemary, Allie, and Gail Kim, who is winding down her career soon, I'm not just sure when, however, will be taking Sienna, S-I-E-N-N-N-A, Trevent Terrell, a.k.a. Tiffany, and Taya Valkyrie, if you will. Meanwhile, the documentary, however, on 205 Live star Jack Gallagher has a premiere date. Figure 4 Films and Paragon Pictures have announced that Extraordinary Gentlemen will bow on November 5th in Manchester, England at 1 p.m. local time. Doors open at 12.30 p.m., however. And, of course, the other news finally, however, tragically to report, however, we heard about this when we got off the air last night, however, and it's been talked about most of the day, however, founder and love uh, machine, uh, let's just say, ladies' man, however, the king of, uh, let's just say, of 
magazine of uh, let's just say stag magazines, however, and also the king of romance, however, has left us. The man we're talking about is none other than Hugh Hefner, who passed away sadly yesterday at the age of 91. Our thoughts and prayers with the Hefner family and friends tonight. I hate to make this a very, and this is a very sad moment, of course, as if someone passes on, as we always talk about here. And I hate to make light of this, and I'm going to kick myself in the rear for this later. But, you know, I, I did um, hear something about, about what who his pallbearers are going to be. I didn't hear this. Details, please. Six Playboy bunnies. Hey, nothing wrong with that. He went, the king goes. He goes out in style. He goes out in style. I mean, he's done a lot the last half century. I mean, he made Playboy an empire. I mean, for the people he put in, like China and Tori Wilson, to like celebrities like Dorothy Stratton and others. However, I mean, he he is he is one of those icons. However, that I don't think anyone will ever forget. Well, he's one of the bigger names this year. I think he's one of the one of the many big names we've lost this year, but. He now is, uh, eclipses, uh, and I hate to say this, however, but Bobby the Brain Heenan from last week, but still, I mean, considering all the people we've lost this year, like in wrestling and in the entertainment world and overall in general, however, he's up there, however, but uh, like I said, this guy left a, led a full, rich life, however, and uh, definitely uh, made us uh, at a young age, however, what we liked to see in women. I mean, he, he I'm sure he goes back to the days of, like, Marilyn Monroe and others, however. But, like I said, he definitely left a legacy that will never be touched again. Absolutely. And, of course, like we said, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, family and friends here. Uh, I'm sure the lights are dim tonight at the Playboy Mansion. No parties going on there, I'm sure. Nope. Indeed. So, But, our, but, but of course, a party up in heaven is probably going to be playing there really Oh, well, so. yes. Oh yes, a lot of uh, yeah. beautiful ladies, Howard. I'm sure the first one, and I'm not to be, and as mentioned, Marilyn Monroe. I'm sure she'll be the first one to greet him. I'm sure China won't be too far behind either. So oh yes, China and others, Howard. Yes, certainly. Oh yes, indeed. JD, thank you very much for the rest of the news and views. Of course, JD, along with King and WWRT Smith, is King Ice. Your 2017 WWS Hall of Fame News Tag Team. You bring you all the news that's fit to print, and if it doesn't fit, you always find a way. To make it fit, and GTS's case, of course, the best way known, the best way known possible is super glue and duct tape to keep that going. There's never there's never been a better combination. And of course, once again, John, thank you for the history and birthdays here for today. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight five two one pound. This is episode one sixteen of the second installment NWO Wolfpack. Of course, this is Thursday, September twenty eighth, two thousand and seventeen. As we get ready to wind down the month of September, my goodness, it's been a long month indeed. I am Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you, alongside the Iceman, J.D. Jared DiGeronimo, and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. Both, of course, two-thirds of the, of the broadcast team for WWS Raw Radio. <clears throat> and also, of course, uh, J.D., a 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer. And John, of course, the first 2016 Hall of Famer. Also, of course, we have Neil Patel also joining us on the chat box here tonight. And also on the uh, live video feed from WWS Fan Empire, uh, I do want to thank the, the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, for also joining us here as well. Ladies and gentlemen, before we go any further <clears throat> with our stuff here this evening, I would like to present, uh, I would like to, of course, uh, make, a, make an announcement, if I may. I don't know if a lot of people um, actually... Uh, I actually saw this, uh, of course, on uh, 
our Facebook page earlier earlier in the uh, earlier in the day. But I am going to make this. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but uh, but I would like to uh, I would like to like I said talk about this if I'm if I may and I'm sure like I said uh, our uh, our course our uh, of course JD and John may have an idea as to what I'm referring to but early this afternoon of course <clears throat> uh, there was several. Uh, so there was a big announcement here, uh, a couple big announcements, I should say, and I will for, I will explain those announcements will be timed in with what I'm about to talk about right here. So, so I'm sure JD and John are wondering why this took place. I'm sure, and so those questions are about to be answered here right now. As of this moment, of course, for myself and of course the Chief Operating Officer of WCWS, King W.O.J.R.T. Smith. <coughs> We have compiled the list of, uh, just in case if anyone ever, ever wants, ever wonders, you know, who helps oversee things here in WCWS. Of course, other than myself, obviously, I would like to run down, of course, <clears throat> run down everything here. And I'm sure AD and John are going to be are going to be pleased as punch here, and I'll explain their 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 sets up their their set up to their situation here in just a minute. <clears throat> and you, y'all, I'm sure JD, you and John know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, officially, of course, um, here is is um, a rundown of, of of our staff here in WCWS. Of course, myself, Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw. I'm of course founder of WCWS. I'm also, of course, the CEO, the Chief Executive Officer. I say King W O Javar T Smith is, of course, as we always talk about, the COO. Or Chief Operations Officer, the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds is our Chief Brand Officer. So if you order Michelle, it's kind of like Triple H and Stephanie in a way. That's what inspired me to do this, by the way. And now, now both JD and John are their their questions are finally going to be answered right here. JD, and this was because of of. Yeah, of, of of other things that you'd like to talk about here, other than wrestling, which, like I said, we don't mind that. We like that, yeah. by the way. You, and you'll get this title here in a minute. You are now our C C O, and I will explain what that means. You are our chief culture officer, and what that means is, since you bring up a lot of stories here that's not wrestling related. Of course, like I said, outside the ropes, of course, you do a fine job with outside the ropes. Yes. And I, that's why I like to say anything that pops up, and especially, like I said, <clears throat> uh, you have the movie fans page and everything going on. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, earlier today, one of the big things that we did, of course, J.D. is now the official the general manager of WWUS Entertainment Cavalcade. So he'll be watching everything that comes in on there, and I'm sure J.D., like I said, you will... Uh, Month or a lot of stuff that happens on there, especially stuff that's not wrestling related. That's primarily what that page is for. So, uh, so you can monitor that. If anything does pop up that shouldn't be there, you know what to do with that. You now have the authority to do that. So, there you go. So, KD, I congratulate you. I congratulate congratulate you there. Thank okay. you. Right, welcome. And of course, like I said, John, 
does a fine job here. Of course, he brings us our history and birthdays each and every night here on all of our shows. Here, of course, does it on Raw Radio every Monday. Uh, he also brings it to us Tuesday through Friday, of course, with Revolution and Wolfpack. So he is <clears throat> officially our chief history officer. And that means that he is charged, of course, with what, keeping an eye on the uh, uh, any wrestling history that does pop up. And, uh, and of course, you know, he can also, I didn't mention this before, but he can work alongside J.D. If any other important events took place on a certain day, he can get with J.D. on that. And, you know, maybe maybe something can be tied in with that if you wish. Okay? John is also today was officially made the general manager of the group WWS on this date, which means he will be charged with keeping up with all the wrestling history here for each day and all that. <clears throat> so, John, also, like I said, congratulations as well for your official title and also for, uh, for like I said, open. For, for taking charge, of course, of a group here in WCWS. And also, also earlier today, we now, so now officially here, guys, have an executive secretary. And her name is the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach. She, bought, she, uh, she accepted the honor <clears throat> here, of course, uh, um, here as well. So, so to myself, to so to Gerard, Michelle, JD, and John and Ann, I say congratulations to every sync to everyone here, of course. And ladies and gentlemen, there is your staff of WCWUS. So if you ever have any questions and all that, if I'm not around. These four folks here will definitely be, should definitely will be around to answer any and all questions about everything that goes on here in any of the groups. And then, of course, they will relay them to me if something else does pop up here as well. So, J.D. and John, like we said, congratulations for your official titles and also for your, uh, uh, your, your uh, like I said, your new positions in overseeing, of course, Entertainment Cavalcade and on this date. So, uh, anyway, that would be, yes, you're, you're, you're quite welcome. And, and also, definitely, as always, you're going to keep up the great work with that as well. <clears throat> Had to get that out there because I'm sure a lot of people definitely will definitely would want to uh, hear a whole lot about that. Indeed. Well, let's see here. Uh, uh, and of course, as I said I am having even right now to JD home in Pittsburgh. I'm having about five naked ladies coming up into your room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. I, that'll work. There you go. Just push it over to your mom. Whoa! <laughs> She's watching Grey's Anatomy, so she doesn't worry about that then. Yeah, yeah, okay. And also, John, uh, have your window open at your home in Front Royal, Virginia, because there's about five more coming your way, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see what we have here on tap here. <sighs> And also here, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, I will also say Michelle is also our resident physician as well, since, of course, she's had some uh, skills in that. Um, I've got an interesting thing here. I would like to read and get um, read this to see and get J.D.'s and John's attention here on this as well. Uh, 
Uh, let's see. Uh, blah, 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 blah. This is a very interesting. I don't know when this was posted. I'm sure this was posted here recently, but I got to read this. And it come from our friends from I. You said I. I W what? Nerd. Thank you. Dot com. Just <laughs> be in mind every time I say those two letters, JD. Remember to say that word. Okay, there you go. That sounds that 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 sounds great. <clears throat> uh, a story here that was brought up here. Uh, Jack Swagger weighs in and explains why Cesaro should be a world champion in WWE. Let's read this. Let me let me read this, and I'll get everyone's thoughts and opinions on this. Former WWE star Jack Swagger was recently interviewed by Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated. During the interview, he had some very kind words for Cesaro. Cesaro and Swagger, of course, used to team together as the Real Americans in WWE. Swagger explained why he believes that Cesaro should be world champion in WWE during the interview. And here are some highlights of this. Let me read some, some of this. Swagger says the following. Cesaro should be world champ. I'm not afraid to say it. Cesaro is my favorite wrestler. It used to be Kurt Angle, but now it's an Antonio Cesaro. He's the strongest guy there. He can go with anybody, and he's a guy that a company can invest in. <clears throat> and, of course, this was said, not, not only is he strong, Swagger raves out his intelligence. Swagger says this. In addition to being gifted athletically and being the strongest guy in the room, Cesaro is very, is very smart upstairs. He can go in the back and wrestle a match out in his head. Then he'll add his Cesaroisms in the ring to really make the match special. Cesaro also talks about his ability to make people better. And Swagger says this. He knows exactly where to put things and make a match explosive. Sell, sell, sell. Then holy, holy S explosion. He's so flexible. And he's made all his tag team partners better. He made Tyson Kidd better. He was the driving force for me and the Real Americans tag team. His big swing is gold. He's very hungry, and coming from the Indies, he has a chip on his shoulder and a lot to prove. He uses that as fuel to keep getting better and not get complacent, and he would be the perfect guy to be world champ. And, of course, we, and of course they say here, can't get, disagree with the word he says. And, J.D., let me get your opinion on, on Swagger's remarks about why he believes Cesaro should be world champion in WWE. Oh, yeah, sorry, what are you now? I was saying, I was reading this story here, courtesy of our friends at the IW... Nerd! Thank you, dot com, about what his opinions are. I'm sure, I'm, I'm hoping you heard the whole story about why Swagger believes that Cesaro should be a world champion in WWE. Um, he should be, what, I what, mean, what's he, the, has, what's, he hasn't got... He will be a champion at some point. The only question is, when will he be a champion? One day. Yes, yes. <clears throat> um... I'm sure you probably heard a lot of the nice things that Swagger did say about Cesaro in this as well. Uh, John, Anil, do you have any thoughts and opinions about this story here? Uh, uh, do you agree or disagree with, with Swagger's remarks about uh, about Cesaro? No, I mean, he is. He does bring up a valid point. The question is, will they ever give him the big prize title, the World Heavyweight title in the brass ring? I mean, there was talk at one time they wanted to make him a world champion. The only question is, when will it happen, though, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true indeed. Uh, John and Neil, did you have anything you wish to add? John says, yes, 
if he breaks up with Sheamus, they need Cesaro to become a champion. Swagger does bring up a good point as well. Uh, Neil, did you have something you wish to say about this? Let me see if he says anything about this. Neil says he believes that Cesaro should be primarily a singles competitor. Well, yeah, I mean, I Neil, mean, I do agree with that. I mean, he does make an excellent. I mean, he's he's held. And and Neil says he isn't that great in a tag team situation. JD, you slide dog. <laughs> A hair pie. <laughs> oh, Lord, you sick freak. <laughs> when you start laughing, I knew that was you who did that, man. You're sorry. Mm, okay. Oh, boy. No, no, no wonder you weren't paying any attention to it. You were, you know. Okay, I guess we got to have a little fun on it. But, Neil, you bring up, you bring up a very good point. I mean, I mean, the tag team with Sheamus has been good. I mean, I thought he was good with, with like I said, with Swagger, the real, the real Americans, of course, also with Tyson Kidd. But he is an excellent singles competitor, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, the man held the U.S. title for a while, um, for one of the longest reigns of recent memory, I think. Yep. Uh, let me see. He should have a shot at the big belt here soon. I mean, regardless of his raw or SmackDown, I mean, he should have a good run with that here really, really soon. But uh, thank you very much, your gentlemen, for that thought. There is another one here. Uh, another interesting thing here. I've got to read about this. Uh, that uh, according from uh, from the, from the same pages before here, there are WWE, WWE rumors. Uh, they said the details on how this past Sunday's No Mercy pay per view locked in plans for WrestleMania 34. Listen, now this is interesting. Let me let me uh, read let me read about this, and I'll get uh, everyone's response here to this. The No Mercy pay per view is officially in the history books. The event saw Brock Lesnar retain his WWE Universal title against Braun Strowman. We also saw the big match between Roman Reigns and John Cena. It does. It looks like both of these matches locked in the plans for WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. It has been long rumored that the main event of WrestleMania 34 will be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. This has been rumored since prior to WrestleMania 33. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Phil Mercy played a big role in setting this up. The plan, according to Meltzer, is for WWE to build up Brock and Reigns as strong as possible for their match at WrestleMania. As a result, he had a clear plan for no mercy. Both Brock and Roman won their matches clean with no controversial finishes. As noted prior, Vince was reportedly happy with how no mercy went. The idea would be for Brock and Reigns to clearly be established as the two biggest stars in the company before WrestleMania 34 with nobody else on their level. Lesnar has defeated everybody and remains the strongest book star 
in WWE at the moment. The idea is that Reigns beating Lesnar at WrestleMania will be a big moment based on how strong Brock has been booked over the past year or so. Will be interesting, interesting to see the reaction for it, but certainly looks like the direct. It, looks, it certainly looks like the direction that we are headed. JD, ain't here to weigh in on this. What's this now? How I'm sorry. Uh, about how the about the two matches uh, from this past Sunday's No Mercy, Lesnar and Strowman and Reigns and Cena, kind of locking the plans for a possible match between Brock and Roman at WrestleMania 34. I think we've known that's going to be coming for a while, however, but, I mean, this could have been the match they could have had at no, uh, WrestleMania between Cena and Roman. It said they uh, pushed it too soon, but the question is, do they make uh, Roman win the uh, Rumble again? However, if that's the case, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yes, and I would definitely agree. Uh, John and Neil, do you have anything you wish to say about this? Uh, both John and Anil actually agree with your assessment of that situation, JD. Okay. Uh, let's see right here. Let me see if I can find. Uh, um, ooh, ten interesting things that WWE stars have revealed about Vince McMahon behind the scenes. Ooh. I think y'all might be interested in listening to some of this. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring this up here, guys. So, so definitely uh, listen very carefully. And we'll go bit by bit. we got plenty of time to do this here. Uh, uh, Ten interesting things that WWE stars have revealed about Vince McMahon behind the scenes. If you're an avid reader of IWNerd.com, you probably already know that we are huge fans. They are huge fans of Vince McMahon and his antics behind the scenes. Vince truly sounds like, based on stories, one of the most interesting men on the planet. Here are some stories from former WWE stars sharing some interesting tidbits about what Vince is like behind the scenes. Number one here, Vince hates smoking. There have been multiple stories over the years about Vince McMahon's hate for smoking cigarettes. Bruce Pritchard, of course, we all remember him as Brother Love, on his podcast, something, of course, something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard, told the story of Vince offering a man sitting in front of him on an airplane up to $500 to put his cigarette out. Also, during a PW Torch livecast interview, Scott Hall revealed that the only person that Vince allowed to smoke around him was the legendary Black Jack Lanza. And this is what Scott Hall said. I mean, Jack, Jack Lanza was so over with Vince that Vince wouldn't let anyone smoke around him. No one could smoke cigarettes in the arena except for Lanza. A pro tip, if you ever meet Vince, don't light up a cigarette in front of him. J.D., what's your take on Vince's hate for smoking? I respect him for that. I mean, they should have known better, you know, plain and simple. They should have known better. Also, the fact that he only, he only allowed one person to do that, and that was Black Jack Lanza. Well, I mean, you get caught, you pay the price, however. There you go. 
All right. Uh, I'll get John and Neil's thoughts here in just a couple minutes on that. Next up here, this is another thing Vince hates. He hates sneezing. <laughs> another thing Vince apparently hates is sneezing. A few WWE stars have joked over the years about Vince and his dislike of sneezing because he can't control it. <laughs> Jim Ross had this to say on his blog about Vince's dislike of sneezing. Jim Ross says this, Vince can't control his sneezing like all of us, and he doesn't like things occurring that he can't control. Many of us found it a source of humor. Here's another account from Paul Heyman in an interview with MMA Fighting. Heyman says this, if you're in a room with Vincent Mann and he sneezes, call your Blackberry for the next 20 minutes because nothing you say to him is going to get through because he gets really pissed off because he can't control the sneeze. With stories that have been told about Vince over the years, this has got to be one of our favorites. Uh, apparently, Vince does not like sneezing at all either, J.D., apparently. That is weird. That is very weird. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed. Let's see what the next ones are right here. Uh, Vincent Man once kicked Mark Henry's butt in the gym. Uh, what? No way. No <laughs> way in hell is that possible. That is no way possible. Look here. Look here. I agree with you. Would you like me to read what it says? Yeah, please. Okay, here we go. Mark Henry, of course, is known as the world's strongest man. We all know that. It turns out that Vincent Mann worked out with Henry, who admits that his WWE boss kicked his butt. Mark Henry's even admitted this. Listen, oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. On an episode of Talk is Jericho, Mark Henry was asked if he ever worked out with Vince. Mark shared the story about the time he worked out with Vince after a show. They both decided to work out together because they were doing back and biceps. They were doing various exercises with 50 to 100 reps each. Henry says Vince tried to rib him by trying to get him to do as many reps before he quit. Eventually, Henry tapped out. (laughs) Mark Henry Henry said this, I had to stop. At the end of the workout, I was like, I can't do do no more. You win. By the way, this wasn't when Henry first came to WWE. It was only a few years ago when Vince was in his late 60s. Holy cow. That's crazy. That no, is, oh, come on. No, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't believe that for a minute. Mark Henry's admitted this. That is crazy, though. He, he would admit this. I mean, he would admit that, though. Yeah, I mean, this is late 60s, out, out exercising someone with the stature of Mark Henry? Yeah. Damn. All right, next up here, we talked about several superstars being... Very, uh, being some very uh, unique pranksters, as we say. But Vince McMahon is apparently is a huge prankster, and I will explain. There have been multiple stories over the years about Vince McMahon and his love of playing pranks on his WWE employees backstage. Probably the funniest example was when he pulled a prank on former WWE star Jonathan Coachman. <laughs> yeah. Here's a long story short right here. Coachman was running a football pool among WWE employees. Two cops showed up backstage at WWE and told Coachman that he was being arrested for illegal gambling. Vince proceeded to yell at him before the cops took him away. Here is the story from Coachman himself. They handcuffed me, and I asked if there was anything I could put over my face. Vince threw a pair of sweaty gym shorts 
It got stuck on my face. Oh, I walk out of the office, and the first person I see is the undertaker. He looks at me with shock, and it was so real because no one else was in on it except those people in the office. They walked, they walked me out, and all the fans could see me, and they drove me about a mile down the road. I got a call on the radio that they had to come back to pick up something. They turned around and come back, and everyone was there with Vince in front of everybody laughing their butts off. Vince... <laughs> Vince will take a prank as far as he needs to go to get a laugh. This prank on coach here, JD. That is crazy. Uh, it is crazy. Indeed. I mean, did you think with The Undertaker, how hard he'd be, I mean, not only shaking his head, but with Vince telling him how hard to be in on this with him, how he'd be giving him a look like, what did you do, Howard? Now you're going to wrestler's court, Howard, because we've all heard the stories about the wrestler's court, and I'm the judge, jury, and execution. I decide your fate, Howard, but... At the same time, I mean, just Coach Ed will be totally embarrassed, Tyler. Oh, sure. I, I agree. I definitely agree. Here's another interesting thing here about Vincent Mann. You can't sleep on his plane unless he is he is asleep or you are a wrestler. Oh, jeez. Okay, now, okay, well, listen to this. Look here. I know, but listen to this. Former WWE star Taz was interviewed by Sports Illustrated to promote his radio show, The Taz Show, Body Slams, and Beyond. He revealed an interesting tidbit about traveling with Vince on a plane. If you're not a wrestler or if Vince is still awake, you are not allowed to sleep on his plane. Here's what Taz had to say. I've seen Triple H fall asleep on the plane, and it wasn't a problem. I fell asleep on that plane many a time, and it wasn't a problem. If you took some bumps and you fell asleep, it was no problem. If you're a writer or a play-by-play announcer, it was going to be a problem. It was never mean-spirited. It was like it was like high school with money. It was fun. Certainly an interesting human being. So, J.D., unless Vince is asleep or you're a wrestler, you can't go to sleep while you're on this plane. I don't know how you can do that, Howard, considering how the flight and everything, depending on where you're flying to. I mean, cross-country, you'd be tired, Howard, depending on what time you're flying out, too, Howard. Early in the morning, hour or anything like that, however, or even late at night, hour. Go figure, you know. Go figure. Well, all right, sure you... Okay, all right, J.D., thank you very much. And we'll pause for a minute while we wait on uh, J.D. to come back. John did have a couple of things about, of course, the first thing about the uh, thing about Vince McMahon does not like smoking. John simply said he's glad that he doesn't smoke. And he also said about the fact that Vince does not like sneezing, he says, well, John said, well, if he sneezed in front of him, he would be—he he was going to get it. Yeah. John, I would agree with you 110% as well, bud. Uh, while we wait for J.D. to return, let's go ahead and run this down one more time. It is 10.30 p.m. Uh, Thursday, September 28, 2017, 1724-444-7444, call ID 138-521-POUND. This is episode 116 of the second installment, NWO Wolfpack. I am, of course, once again, Mr. WWS Chad Hinchell, back on the line here with you, joined, of course, by the Iceman, J.D. Girardi-Girolamo, and the human suplex machine, John Gross. Of course, uh, both members of the uh, broadcast team that brings WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. Of course, J.D. is a 2015-17 Hall of Famer. John is the first 2016 Hall of Famer. Also, of course, being joined by Anil Patel as well on the chat box here tonight. And also, we were joined earlier on our live video feed from WWS Fan Empire by the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach. Of course, Anne is a 2016 Hall of Famer and a multiple title holder of our trivia titles. 
from Revolution Reborn. Uh, JD, have you returned, sir? He has not. Okay. Uh, just a program of reminder here, ladies and gentlemen, for us off. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, will be our next installment of NWO. I'm going to me on my phone so I can find out where it is. Of uh, ah. WCWS Revolution. Of course, we will have the latest wrestling news and views and also history and birthdays. Plus, plus also some more uh, discussions here about all of the events that have taken place here this week. All right, I'll check it out. the rest of the extras okay, here. Uh, you coming your way there. Uh, uh, okay, plus a few little special events are going on, so be sure to join us tomorrow night. But of course, also, okay. Our, okay, our live video feed will be coming from GFWUS Global Phenom. So be sure to join us for Revolution tomorrow night, 138055 pounds from 9 to 11 p.m. And, of course, at 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon, unless there is a change, we'll have WWS Power Hour. Where we'll be reviewing, we'll be reviewing all the shows here of the past week and also the rest of the history for this past, this coming Saturday, as well as, of course, the number of downloads according to TalkShoe.com. Okay. Let's see what we have here next here. Uh, <clears throat> next up here, of course, uh, let me throw this out here at you. Vince McMahon, another interesting fact about the people that WWE stars have revealed about Vince McMahon behind the scenes. Vince has very few hobbies outside of wrestling. Hmm. I think we knew that. Yes, you did. Vince McMahon has spent his life building WWE into the empire that it is today. As you can imagine, his life has been consumed by wrestling and the company that he has built. This, is, this, this has left little room for outside hobbies. On an episode of Cheap Heat, Mark Henry had this to say about his boss and his lack of hobbies. Mark Henry says this. He just doesn't have an interest in, in nothing but wrestling. And, and when you're a billionaire and your sole interest is trying to become a multi-billionaire, you don't have time to sit around and watch college football. Wrestling is life for Vince. Um, any thoughts about that, J.D.? Uh, go figure. I mean, he probably watches new and old school Howard past that he's seen before. And go figure... You might watch new stuff too, Howard. You never know. Very good point indeed. Very good. Uh, next interesting point here. Vince McMahon does not understand vegans. Vegans? <laughs> vegans. <laughs> vegans, yeah. That means man, man, man. Well, well, that's a good segue there, J.D., because in a 2012 interview with IGN, Daniel Bryan <laughs> shared the story about Vince's reaction to him being a vegan. After he had a match with Chris Jericho in NXT, Jericho spoke to Vince backstage and praised Brian. Vince couldn't believe what Jericho was saying because Brian doesn't eat steak. Here's what Daniel Bryan had to say. Chris Jericho loves telling me this story about how he had gone back to Vince and said, this guy is good. It was after the first match I had on TV, and it was against Chris, and he told Vince I was good. He can get the people behind him, he said. And Vince said in Vince's voice, yeah, but who, but who doesn't eat steak? He thought people wouldn't buy into a guy who didn't eat steak. And that's when I kind of realized that there are a lot of people out there who just think it's completely foreign for me to not eat animals. Daniel Bryan must have changed Vince's mind on this, right? J.D., what's your take here? He might have. I mean, like I said, I mean, Vince, it seems like Vince uh, has everything and anything, however, he just, I mean, like I said, he usually, uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Like I said, Vince has his issues on certain things, however, that he likes. 
And there's certain things he does not like, however. And obviously, however, I mean, go figure. I mean, like you said, I mean, people sleep on this plane, however. Again, it depends on if you're flying across country and where you're going to, however. I mean, it depends on where you're ending up, however, or what time you fly out in the morning or if it's late at night taking a red eye, however. I mean, you better hope, however, that uh, he gives you the green light and gives you a thumbs up, always you're going to get a thumbs down and maybe give a switch kick in the backside, if you will, however, you know. Exactly, it did, yep. I agree with that. I do agree. Next up, there does not interesting thing about Vincent Man behind the scenes. Vince respects people that physically fight him back. Has <laughs> Brad Hart about that one? Yes. Well, you're going to find this interesting when I tell you who's involved in this. Chris Jericho, in his book, The Best in the World at What I Have, at what I Have No Idea, told a great story about the time Kofi Kingston and Vincent Mann got into a scuffle on an airplane. Oh, Vince apparently made an offhand comment to Kofi early in his career where he said, maybe you'll get over one of these days while on an airplane ride. Jericho told Kofi that he had to come back and challenge Vince to a fight or he will never respect him again. According to Jericho, Kofi went up to Vince and asked him if he had a problem with him. Vince replied, maybe I do. Do you want to do something about it? After they went back and forth verbally a few more times, Vince took down Kofi. Yeah. And this is what, and this is what Jericho said. Vince double-legged Kofi mid-sentence. They scuffled and rolled around the aisle for a few seconds until Vince got up laughing. That's the way to do it. He barely laughed and got off the plane. Kofi has been around WWE for a long time now, so it looks like he did earn the respect of Vince for standing up for himself. What do you think about that, J.D.? Kofi to stand up to the boss is pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, you think other people would do it, like maybe Cena or Seth or uh, AJ or anyone else out of the ordinary, like Kevin Owens. I mean, so, I mean, it's pretty crazy to say the least. Oh, indeed, indeed. Uh, another interesting thing about that's been revealed about Vince McMahon behind the scenes, Vince can be quite generous. Hmm, okay. Vince McMahon is often portrayed as a greedy billionaire to the general public. There are some stories behind the scenes that say that Vince can actually be quite generous with his money. Hmm, now listen very carefully. You might remember Bob Holly, of course, otherwise known as Hardcore Holly, from WWE television. In his early career... His gimmick was a NASCAR driver named Bob Sparkle. I remember that, yes. This gimmick actually came with its own race car that was used in vignettes and worth over $100,000 in equipment. Holy cow. According to Hardcore Holly on the X-Pac 12360 show, Vince gifted Holly the race car. This is what Holly says. He goes, no, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to sell it to you. I think he was screwing with me. He had he had to have been. I was in a pad because I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to get the money to pay for this? There's no way. Even if they took it out of my pad, I would end up with nothing for years and years and years. I was freaking out. So then he goes, I'm going to sell it to you for $100. I'm like, excuse me? He goes, $100? I said, no. I'll sell it and get you your money out of all of this equipment and get it back. He goes, nope, it's yours for $100. I insist. Stay on the phone with my attorney, and we will send you all the paperwork and blah, 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 and he hung up. To this day, I never saw that $100 come out of my paycheck. This isn't as evil as everybody makes him out to be. Giving someone an actual race car. Yeah, that is crazy. What do you think about this here? 
That is crazy, Howard. I mean, go figure, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's another. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> the last one here, This I don't know if you want to call this one interesting or just downright funny. But Vince once went on, this is the very last one, by the way. Vince once went on live went on live TV after pooping himself. Oh, <laughs> oh Okay. Jim Ross was interviewed by, excuse me, Opie and Anthony back in 2014, telling the story of Vince pooping himself right before he had to go to the ring and cut a promo on Raw. As the story goes, now, J.D., you might be doing some laughing here, and I will too. I'm sure but, I am going to be laughing. So listen to this. Vince tried to fart in Jerry Briscoe's general direction and disaster happened. Oh, no. <laughs> Jerry apparently has, has a very weak stomach, and Vince was trying to mess with him. Who was You said Briscoe or Lawler? No, but he farted in Jerry Briscoe's general Oh, Jer- 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 Jerry Briscoe. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here's a story from Jim Ross. God, Jim Ross says he'll I'll never forget it. Vince had a pair of khaki-colored slacks, nice slacks, and probably a $5,000 sports coat custom-made. He's waiting on his music cue to make his walk to the ring. And so he turns his, and, and so he turns his back to Briscoe to deposit something in the air, and it got liquid. Ooh. Ooh. He sharded. He oh. <laughs> <laughs> Vince had to go out almost immediately on Raw to cut his promo. Raw says nothing of the cameramen says none of the cameramen had the balls to shoot Vince from an angle that would display anything to the viewers of that at all. <laughs> oh, I thank God. <laughs> JD, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a. Uh, well, at least that show wasn't full of crap. Ooh. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Oh, I'm sure he was really cool by everyone in the back, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of smelly moments back there, man. I got to tell you. Play a mm. match while you're at it. Lot, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Here's another. I'm going to get your take on this. Of course, we, we, we talked about this. Uh, uh, here, big time, of course, since all that uh, uh, stuff happened here. Uh, ha- um, this is a short thing right here. I will re- get your take on this here, KD. Of course, we talked about uh, Enzo Amore here in recent memory. Uh, apparently, there is, a, according to the same side here as before, Enzo Amore is looking to start a second career. Oh, no. No, let me listen. No, no, no let, let me listen. Let me let me tell you what this is. Enzo Amore is a name that has been in the wrestling news a lot over the past several months. Yeah, no kidding. There have been plenty of stories about Enzo having some backstage heat with the WWE locker room. This includes getting kicked off of a WWE bus by Roman Reigns. His backstage heat is something that has even been referenced on WWE television. There are now some rumors floating around that Enzo could be looking into a second career for himself. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest wrestling newsletter, oh no, you got to be kidding me. J.D., I think this is not going to be a surprise, but your jaws going to drop when you hear this. 
Go ahead. Enzo, Enzo is looking to start a rap career. Oh, oh. God, no way. Oh, no. <laughs> According to the report, if he does, he would not be able he would not be able to use the name Enzo Amore. WWE released a video last year with their music producer, uh, CFO. They had, they had a lot of praise for Enzo as a rapper. Are you kidding me? Please. Him? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, ooh, okay. Okay, here's another good one here. we got some time here. According to, of course, let's bring it up once again, IW... What, JD? Nerd. Thank you. .com. Here are five WWE, WWE Twitter accounts that you need to be following. After reading these, I don't know if you want... Let's just say if you want to follow these. The first one, Xavier Woods. Hmm. Uh, of course, it's at, at Xavier Woods PhD, by the way. If you are a fan of gaming, Xavier Woods is an awesome follow on Twitter. He tweets a lot of gaming-related stuff on his YouTube. Up, up, down, down. Of course, he does on that, too. <laughs> yeah. That's Paige about that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what you're ready to say. His account is not only gaming-related, he mixes in some hilarious and well-thought-out tweets as well. He kicks off all this with WWE Twitter accounts. And Here's an example. His excellent response to a fan calling wrestling fake. This is, and this is a big one, Jay. This, this is from April of last year at 4 or 5 a.m. Listen very carefully to what he says. No need to apologize. Simply understand that wrestling is one of the last forms of Shakespeare in the ring. The crowd is watching men and women tell stories through physicality with an audience at a 360-degree setting. Our artists use paint to create art on a canvas, and we use our fists and feet to, to create art on a canvas. It's art. We get one take, not in front of a live audience that appreciate, appreciates us putting our bodies on the line for their entertainment. It's fine if you don't like it, but there, are, there is no need to disrespect us or the people who watch it by calling it fake. Wrestling fans are the greatest fans in the world because they understand the notion. So unless someone has figured out a way to defy gravity other than Neville, and then falling down will, will forever be painful, and the pain we feel is very real. We suffer from real injuries doing what we love to do, so please leave it to the professionals. Please don't crowd this at home. Side note, guys. Guys, I would assume he understands this explanation, so no need to continue tweeting him about it. He actually re replied to someone named At Sparkle Pan at 11.06 p.m. on April Sparkle Frost. <laughs> on April 21st, 2006. Or here's another one that, that, that uh, Xavier Woods did. On his complete roast of Virgil. Hmm. Oh, my Lord. Uh, uh, Virgil uh, posted this on August 24, 2015. He says... Congrats to my son, Xavier Woods, for getting the win like his father, me, at, at hashtag SummerSlam tonight. And then Xavier Woods goes and says, at 1.20 a.m. the next day, he says, No, I'm not your son. When I was 17, you told me that I'd never make it because I'm black. Hashtag get off me. Hashtag sub, subtweeting AWS. Uh... Overall, he is a solid follower on Twitter if you're a fan of gaming and WWE. 
think about this? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. It, it is indeed. All right, next one here that you should be, Twitter account you should be following, Big E. Well, speaking of the new day. Wow, okay. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let's see. Hashtag, at WWE Big E, of course. Big E is another guy that we're following on Twitter. He doesn't tweet as frequently as some others, but when he does, it is usually worth a laugh or two. From posting entertaining GIFs to responding to fans, roasting some of his fellow WWE co-workers, Big E is worth the follow. Here are some examples of his work. Uh, he, he of course, posted uh, a picture of, of a, what looked like a very dis, uh, non-smiling Sasha Banks back in 2015. I don't know who she's with. Uh, um, he also posted... Uh, at Tom Phillips WWE, looks like he he would rifle through your mother's panty drawer, inhale deeply, and journal about it. <laughs> That's good. And and also he says uh, on, on July twentieth, two thousand sixteen, I'm currently coming to grips with the fact that I might be an internet troll. Yeah, I think. Oh Lord. Uh, what about Big E? Is a big good Twitter follower. Pretty crazy, however. I mean, some of these guys like to tweet, and some of these guys go too far with the tweeting, however. Go figure. Exactly. Well, this is one that didn't really surprise me that much, and that is Chris Jericho is the next one here. Oh, Jericho, be. we know, does is quite the tw- tw- tweeter. So mm-hmm. Just to give you an update, uh, we have got an update. It is the Bears 20, losing 21-7 to 7 at halftime. Ooh, okay, who's playing? I'm sorry. Chicago and Green Bay. Green Bay is up 21-7. Rodgers, 9-15 of for 119. Michael Leno on 16, 125, however. But so far, the Pack are up 21-7 right now. Oh, wow. Of course, his, hat, his handle is at I am Jericho. We all, know that, we all remember that. If you're a fan of wrestlers going after trolls on Twitter, Chris Jericho is a great follow. He mixes in promos for his podcast, Talk is Jericho, while also insulting fans who say something silly to him. Here are some gems from Jericho. Uh, <clears throat> of course, back on August 30th last year, congratulations to my best friend at Fight Owen Fight for winning the hashtag WWE Universal title. We are going to be a great champion. Uh, uh, back, uh, of course, on May 15, 2016, WWE tweeted this. Even at the Dean Ambrose wanted to try on at I Am Jericho's $15,000 jacket. That is before he destroyed it. We all remember what happened there. Yeah. Chris Jericho replied to that by saying, You sure are taking great pleasure in my misfortune, you stupid at WWE idiot. Well, now you're blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Someone got okay. banned from the list. Uh, uh, at Barry MK 200 tweet, tweeted this back on November 24, 2016. It was an early picture of Jericho with a weird hairdo. He says, "At I am Jericho. What are you thinking with this hair?" Jericho says, on November 25, 2016, he says, "I was thinking that you're a dumb moron." Oh, if you don't care too much about his podcast, you might get a little annoyed by some of the tweets. They believe when he goes after fans online, it bounces out and becomes worth it. What do you think about Jericho's tweets there, J.D.? 
Yeah, Jericho loves to uh, shoot his mouth off whenever he can, wherever he can, however. Exactly. Well, here's one I've never expected. Rusev. <laughs> of course, this is at Rusev B-U-L, of course, Bulgarian. We all, we all know I that. thought it was at Bulga- B-U-L, bitch. Uh, <laughs> there you go. By far one of the funnier accounts to follow is Rusev. He manages a remaining character and tweets some of the funnier stuff that you will see from a WWE And here are some of the examples right here. From October 12th of last year, at 12.15, he says, Dear WWE 2K17, 86 rating is very low. Increase now. But that was his tweet. That was apparently his rating on the 2K17 game, apparently. <clears throat> and that was a statement that was made by him in Nashville, Tennessee, on October 12, 2016. Also, here on September 11, 2016, in the Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates, he posted a picture of him and Lana. Uh, it says, Lana and Rusev kissing on a beach, honeymooning at Lana WWE. Yeah. And on and June 26, 2016, in Florida, he says, American obsession about hashtag Shark Week is dumb. Get a life, people. Hmm, interesting. So silly, but so entertaining if you are a fan of Rusev. What do you think about this, KD? Well, they can see what they want, huh? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And another one here, which I think we'll do, is the last one here that you need to follow. And we didn't mention him uh, shortly here a little while ago. KO himself, Kevin Owens. Of course, hashtag at fight Owens fight. Kevin Owens is the... Oh, yes. Kevin Owens is the standard bearer for amazing WWE Twitter accounts. No one is safe from a verbal lashing from KO as he constantly goes after WWE co-workers and fans trying to insult him. And here are some of the best right here. From November 22, 2016, he aimed this at David Otunga. He says, at David Otunga, while you found the one person that enjoys your commentary, let us know when you found one that enjoyed your in-ring work. Ooh. Hey, yeah. Uh, here's another one here. Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. Um, this was posted from, uh, I'm not sure when this was, but this was posted by someone named P-A-Y-Y-A-B Khan uh, um, at Fight Owens Fight at Diego Stunner. You can't see me, Owens. And Kevin Owens says, replies by saying this. Sure I can. You're right there. Taking a lame selfie of yourself pretending to talk on the phone in a cornfield. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets a lot better. This is from September 6, 2015. Uh, Steve at, at GHST Writer 0204 at Fight Owens Fight. You just suck and will never be as good as John Cena, so get over it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, had the balls to say that, man. Oh, yeah, that's geez. crazy. Here's Kevin Owens' response. He says, I see you taking a break take a break from sending creepy tweets to women to send me this. You're a 50-year-old man. Stop it. <laughs> oh, 
uh, make sure you think twice before coming after Owens on social media. Yeah, exactly. I would think so there, too. Uh, any thoughts about that, J.D.? Well, once again, Kevin Owens uh, say what he feels, however, and there's no one going to stop him, you know? He doesn't let he doesn't let the, the words uh, he doesn't let, he doesn't let the first fly that much. But he knows how to talk it up. I tell you what, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to step away for just one second here. Uh, JD, anything you wish to bring up, please feel free to do so. And sir, I will let you go ahead and I'll let you take care of, a, of a, the plug for me real quickly. And I do have to step away like, for just two minutes. I will be back on here shortly. Okay, one seventy four 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 seventy forty four. Call ID 138521. You can call us right now and talk to any of us at this point right now. Uh, don't forget this Monday, ladies and gentlemen, on Raw Radio, we will be back, however, with a very, very interesting episode this week. However, that will definitely be very interesting in more ways than one. Be sure to check it out, however. As this week, of course, we will be talking about Hell in the Cell. Yes, folks, Hell in the Cell will be on the discussion table, however, this week. However, be sure to check it out this week, ladies and gentlemen. We will have a lot to discuss. You can bet this week, however, mind you. And, of course, we will see, uh, tell you what happens this week, of course, and give you all the information that you need to know, however. So be sure to check it out, however, uh, this week, however. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, however, trying to think what else could we discuss, of course. Uh, like I said, however, uh, of course, uh, a lot going down this week, of course, in the world of sports, of course, as we mentioned, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, be sure to check that out. However, we will definitely be talking about who knows what this week. However, you should definitely uh, check us out this week, however, as we will have quite a bit to discuss, however, mind you, however, uh, this coming week. Um, in fact, however, we will be talking about, however, um, Hmm, trying to think what what we are going to discuss this week. How are we? Well, of course, we'll have your latest news and headlines, of course, uh, from the world of professional football and other stuff, of course. We'll also talk about last week's uh, Monday Night Raw. We'll preview, of course, Raw from, uh, for this coming Monday as well. Like I said, besides telling us sell. And who knows, uh, we'll also get in our Raw ratings and predictions and also a new feature to the show, if you will, how we started last week. And that was your score for the Monday Night Football game. But also this week we might be talking about what our favorite moments are of hell in the cell war. So you might want to stay tuned to that. That should be very, very interesting. Uh, of course, don't forget tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back in the cell to wrap up the week, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, Revolution. Of course, that should be a very good show tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the caller ID is one three eight five two one pounds be sure to check that out tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. That promises to be an excellent, excellent show coming up tomorrow night. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like I said, folks, what else we could uh, toss? Uh, I can't say it. Toss out there, if you will, however. But we will definitely, uh, like I said, however, we'll definitely uh, have a lot to talk about, if you will, uh, coming up here. Uh, Excuse me, coming up uh, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. That should be a very interesting show. Uh, like I said, uh, like I said, of course, uh, that'll be very interesting. Of course, uh, uh, like I said, folks. Of course, uh, 
I'm trying to think what else could we discuss. I can't remember but enough things to discuss, like I said, but uh, I'm going to let Chad uh, step back in here and just a few minutes, so that's all I can say right now. Okay. Uh, JD, thank you very much there, sir. Uh, <clears throat> I couldn't think of anything else except I just told everyone we'll expect him tomorrow night and Monday as well, and I will be back once again. Just a second. Okay. All right. All right, JD. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, uh, the human suppressor machine, John Gross, has already left us for the evening. We do thank you, John, for coming on. Uh, well, I do also have a programming note that John will not be able to attend tomorrow night's episode of Revolution. Uh, of course, he says you never know. He might swing by. So, but uh, we'll we'll uh, keep our eyes open on that. Of course, have a great evening there, John, there as well. Uh, uh, JD, anything else you wish to add, sir, for the evening? I think he stepped away for just a second. Uh, just a quick programming note here. Once again, here, folks, tomorrow night's edition of WWS Revolution. One three eight five two one pounds. I mean one three eight zero five five pounds. Excuse me. Uh, with our live video feed coming from GFW US Global Phenom, uh, latest wrestling news and views. Uh, I'll be bringing the wrestling history and birthdays in John's place. Plus, also a few little wrestling tidbits that are out there. We'll definitely be throwing it out. We'll be definitely throwing a few things <coughs> out here to you. Um, so be sure to join us for Revolution tomorrow night. Uh, 138055 pound from 9 to 11 p.m. right here on TalkShoot.com. Also, um, be sure to catch us Saturday afternoon, and we should be around between, if it's not 4 o'clock, it may be around 6. But we will have an episode of WCWS Power Hour, uh, of course, as we talk about what happened in the radio network here this past week. Of course, uh, we'll talk about uh, this coming Saturday in wrestling history, as well as, of course, the number of downloads according to TalkShoot.com for all of our shows here this past week. Uh, <clears throat> be sure to join us for that. Uh, of course, uh, 141364-POUND this coming uh, Saturday afternoon right here on TalkShoot.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, one more, one more time, as I did mention here earlier here in the broadcast, my congratulations. Of course, as I did name off our official staff here in WCWS, uh, of course, Keen W.O. Jorty Smith, our Chief Operations Officer. Uh, Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds, our Chief Brand Officer. Uh, the Iceman J.D. Jared DiGiralmo, our Chief Culture Officer. And also General Manager now of WWS Entertainment Cavalcade. And also the Human Suplex Machine John Gross, our Chief History Officer, as well as, of course, uh, the new General Manager of WWS on this date. And also the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, our new, w, our new executive secretary. Uh, so congratulations to everyone there on their, new, on their titles and, of course, their new, their own, on the, their positions there. And, you know, of course, definitely keep up all the good work here <clears throat> going on here in WCW US. Uh, J.D., are you back, sir? I am back. Okay. Uh, anything else you wish to add here before we close out the evening? No, uh, uh, not much to report, of course. Uh, we'll keep it. If you hear anything more, we'll let you know, of course, but we haven't heard anything. Okay. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, as J.D. did bring up here earlier in the day, I did also read about this as well. Our thoughts and prayers, once again, go out to the founder of one of the most iconic magazines of all time, Playboy, Mr. Hugh Hefner, of course, sadly passed away here today at his home at the age of 91 years old of natural causes. Uh and I'm sure there will be a dynamite of a funeral when that takes place uh, here, I'm sure, sometime here very, very soon. Uh, <clears throat> there, 
on that note here, though, folks, we do thank you here for joining us here this evening for another episode of, w- of NWO Wolfpack, I should say. Uh, <clears throat> I do want to thank the Iceman, J.D. Jared DiGirolamo. Also, I want to uh, thank the Human Super Machine, John Gross, and also Neil Patel for joining us here t- tonight. Uh, for, uh, as of course, throwing out our opinions here on what took place in the wrestling news this evening, and also, of course, wrestling history here. Happy birthday, of course, by the way, to, uh, <clears throat> let's see, the, who, let's see, who did we, let's see, who did we, we say? Steve Blackman was one. Steve Blackman was one, happy 54th birthday to Steve Blackman. Uh, of course, he had a real extensive history right here. Uh, let me, see, give me just a second here, and I'll pull up the, oh, yeah, happy 29th birthday to Jason Jordan, by the way. Uh, JD, let's, let's uh, speaking of which, I was just thinking about this a minute ago. We got to do one quick one here. Let me get your take, and then I'll just offer nonsense since I think everybody else has left the line. A quick fantasy matchup here between the two birthday boys, Jason Jordan versus Steve Blackman. Ooh, good one. I would say, however, uh, I'm going to go with Blackman, however. Okay, all right. You know, I gotta say, Blackman too. Um, <clears throat> but no, no, but there's no doubt I'm here. I could agree that, uh, that Jason Jordan would put up one heck of a fight. But uh, but yes, I think Bob would pull the win off here. But like I said, happy 29th birthday to Jason Jordan and happy 54th birthday to the lethal weapon Steve Blackman. <clears throat> For the Iceman JD Jared Girolamo. The Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, and Neil Patel, as well as the last kicker, Admiral Rickenbach. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you so much for listening here tonight. Be sure to join us for our next installment of Revolution tomorrow night from 9 to 11. And then, of course, Power Hour Saturday afternoon as well. Of course, the phone number, for, as always, 1724-444-7444. Revolution, of course, 138055-pound. Power Hour, 141-364-pound as well. Uh-huh. We'll package the broadcast of the WWUS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com, where we are two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your listening connection. Folks, take care of yourselves and each other. We'll definitely see you in the ring. And as always, here in the WWUS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. And I will play this since JD did not get a chance to hear our opener here. I'm going to play this right here, and I'm sure that he probably will recognize it. If he'll get a kick out of it, I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm sure he'll, he'll recognize it. But take care of yourselves and each other. And as always, here in the WWS Radio Network, right here on TalkShoot.com. God bless everyone, and have a good evening. Have a good night as well. Take care.